Well, good morning. Welcome to another virtual worship service here at Friendship Baptist Church on this fourth Sunday of February. I'm Reverend K.L. Robinson, and I'm standing in this morning for Reverend T.C. Edwards. As far as I know, all is well with Reverend Edwards and his family. He's just given me this opportunity to share with you this morning the word of God as the Lord has shared it with me. I told some of you last week that I've been away for a while dealing with a recent health challenge and that I came through it and that I have returned with a testimony to share. When I first received my diagnosis from a doctor last year, it immediately caused me to, uh, it, it threw me for a loop. But after praying and seeking the Lord, he began to strengthen my faith, and now I can say that I would not have been able to go through that experience without God's help. So this morning, I just want to share a part of that journey with you. I began to do this in my earlier sermon on faith, part one, which was entitled uh, Pushing Through the Fear from Judges chapter six. And in that sermon, I said that the year of 2020 will forever be known as the year of fear because of the coronavirus pandemic. So this morning, I'd like to finish my thought on faith with this thought, part two, when fear meets faith, which, we, which comes from Exodus chapter 13, beginning at verse number 17 and following, verses following. I'll read the verses, and you can just follow along in your own Bibles. Amen? Okay. Now, when we were children, many of us regarded story time at night as being a, a time of joy and excitement, and, and everybody living happily ever after. Rarely did we ever want to hear the stories that ended in tragedy, horror, or nightmares. We were vaguely aware that bad things happened, but we only wanted to hear the good stories. But hearing the good all the time also confirmed in us the existence of an opposing evil. Most of us recognized very early in life that if we consistently sought to do that which was right, then somehow we would eventually find ourselves encountering the wrong uh, or the evil things somewhere along the way. For most of us, it was Sunday school that confirmed in us the idea of God as being good and as the devil and the devil as being evil, as well as the debilitating idea of what being afraid is like. Simply put, fear is being fear or being afraid is simply uh, nothing more than the absence of faith. Faith is it's in its its most perfect form is simply to believe in something without fear. Actually, faith cannot operate in the presence of fear and neither can fear function in the presence of faith because they are diametrically opposed to one another. Never have the two ideas ever met together for when faith is present, then fear is prevented from coming around. But when fear is present, then faith will not allow itself to be in the same place as fear because faith doesn't like fear and fear cannot function whenever faith is in charge. 
In fact, fear tends to be the scourge of all mankind because um, everywhere for, for when fear shows up, then it is at that time that we are most uncomfortable because nobody wants to be afraid. Unfortunately, we all get afraid sometime for everyone struggles with fear. Even in the Bible, we can find many stories of men and women who struggled with fear. People in the Old Testament struggled with fear. People in the New Testament struggled with fear. And even the, the, the great Apostle Paul said that I was with you people in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. That's what he told the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We all struggle in fear sometimes, and you know what? That's why God has put so many stories in the Bible, in order for us to calm our fears and to increase our faith. You see, when our faith is strong, then our fear will have to go away because we have begun to trust and to believe in God. Perhaps this is the reason why many of us fail in the area of overcoming our fears. Perhaps it is because we tend to center all of our efforts on not being afraid when we ought to be instead concentrating on building our faith in God. Perhaps we should be focusing more on what God can do rather than what we can't do. Instead of walking in fear, we ought to be focusing more on believing in God and expecting his miracles because everything that God does is miraculous. It is my hope and prayer this morning that in all that is said and all that is done is encouraging to you rather than discouraging because most of us tend to believe more of what we read on paper than what we believe in our hearts. And we have trouble sometimes when it comes to stepping out in faith. But in order to really experience the power of God in our lives, we can't just believe what's in our heads. We have to believe what's in our heart, and we have to believe it by taking a step of faith or action. You know, the story is told in Matthew chapter 14 of Jesus walking on the water while all of the disciples were still struggling in the boat to make it to the other side. But there was one disciple that really believed the Lord enough to get out of the, bark, out of the boat and to walk on the water. Even during this season of chaos and turmoil that we're in, uh, we, the children of God, are still called upon to get out of our boats of fear and frustration and take a few steps of faith so that we might see God do something miraculous even in this day. And if we believe that God is who he says he is, then we too will be able to see God manifesting miracles in our lives. And we can stop being afraid because all things are possible to them that believe. Now, I once heard a story about a man who was a mountain climber and he was out hiking along the mountainside one day when he fell off the cliff. And on his way down, he reached out and he grabbed a hole of a tree branch or a limb that was growing out of the side of the mountain. And suddenly he was just hanging there. 
and he looked down, and it was just so, so far down. And, and so he looked up, and he said, is anybody up there? And God answered. And God said in his majestic voice, I am here. I am the Lord. Do you believe me? And the man said, oh, yes, I believe you. I, I really do believe you, but I don't know how long I can hold on. God said to him, that's all right. Don't worry. I will save you. Just let go. Well, there was a long pause, and then the man looked up to heaven again and said, well, is there anybody else up there? You see, that's how many of us are. We say we believe God, but do we really believe God enough to let go? Fear of being afraid, fear and being afraid has always been a big problem for all of us, no matter how big or how small we may be. It's just a part of our human sin condition. Even the greatest men in the Bible have had to deal with fear at some point in their lives. In fact, for most of them, their greatness was often determined by how well they overcame their fears. We may not have admitted it publicly, but privately, we all have experienced moments of loneliness and fear. But here's the question for us to consider today. How do we overcome our fears and learn to step out in faith? Well, this morning, I just have three quick points that I want us to consider. And the first point is this. We must remember that God has a plan for us. You know, it feels so good to know that someone's got your back and that they've got things under control so that we don't have to worry or always be concerned about which way we need to go, or even how we're going to get there. However, many of us have to learn how to let go and let God. Let God do things for us because God will do things better for us, better than we could imagine or think. If we only have the faith and courage to just let go. So when we read our Bibles and we study God's word, we will find ourselves growing in faith as our fears, as the fears in our lives would just begin to fade away. Over and over again, the Bible reminds us not to fear. Don't be afraid. Do not fear. Do not fear. Do not fear. Amen. So this morning, I, I, I want us to look quickly at a story in the Bible that should help us with our struggle with fear and with our struggle in letting go of the branch. I want us to look at one of the Old Testament's greatest miracles. And what miracle is that? I believe that miracle is the parting of the Red Sea and God's deliverance of his people from slavery in Egypt. In Exodus chapter 13, verse 17, it says, when Pharaoh finally let the people go, God did not lead them along the main road that runs through Philistine territory, even though that was the shortest route to the promised land. God said, if the people are faced with the battle, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led them in a roundabout way through the wilderness towards the Red Sea. Thus, the Israelites left Egypt like an army ready for battle. 
Now, when we study about the children of Egypt coming out of Egypt, the children of Israel coming out of Egypt, we see that God led them out of Egypt with a mighty hand. God inflicted the Egyptians with 10 plagues until Pharaoh finally said, get out of here, go and worship your God. Pharaoh and the Egyptians wanted them to leave so quickly that they gave them their gold, their silver, and their clothing. Israel came out of Egypt with the spoils of Egypt, and they were rejoicing when they left. But God didn't lead them straight into the promised land. He had promised to lead them there. He even told Moses that they were going there, but he didn't lead them directly there. The shortest distance was along the coast by way of the Mediterranean Sea. But the Philistines lived there because the Philistines were like warrior-like people, and the people would see war and get scared enough to want to turn back to Egypt, just like a dog returning to its vomit. So God led them another way. Why? Because God had a plan. Likewise, God has a plan for you and for me, and he knows just what we can handle. God also knows just how much his people can take. He knew that they couldn't deal with the Philistines yet. That would be too much for them. And God also knows what would be too much for us. First Corinthians chapter 10, 13 says that God is faithful and he will not allow us to be tempted beyond what we can stand. So God will never put us in a situation where there's too much for us to bear. Amen. Somewhere here today might be someone here today might be going through a hard time in their lives. And somehow you can relate to where the Israelites are right now, because perhaps you too are camped out in a desert place between a rock and a hard place. You might be in a difficult situation, perhaps because your finances are terrible, because your job situation is horrible, because your marriage is falling apart, or because your health is failing, or because you've lost a loved one and you can't see how you're going to make it through. You've got the Red Sea ahead of you while Pharaoh is coming up on your rear. And you don't know where to go because you've run out of options and you think that you just can't take it anymore. But the Lord says, listen, I've allowed these things to happen to you. The worst of what you feared has happened because I'm going to use it for all of my glory. And the people in your world will know that I am the Lord as I perform a miracle in your life. Remember, God has a plan even when it doesn't seem like it. Pharaoh thought that he had the Israelites trapped, but God had a plan. And he's about to do something miraculous, even beyond belief. Point number two is we must keep our eyes on the Lord. The Lord, in verse 21 of Exodus 13, it says, The Lord went ahead of them. He guided them during the day with a pillar of cloud, and he provided light at night with a pillar of fire. This allowed them to travel by day and by night. And the Lord did not remove the pillar of cloud or the pillar of fire from its place in front of the people. You see, this was a visible manifestation of God's presence right before their eyes. 
All they had to do was to keep their eyes focused on him. But just like we so often do, we get distracted. We lose focus. Peter got distracted after he stepped out of the boat to walk on the water. Peter was doing fine at first, but when he looked away from Jesus and he saw the strong winds and the waves, he became terrified and he began to sink. Likewise, when the Israelites saw Pharaoh coming up behind them, they too began to cower in fear as they took their eyes off the Lord. In verse 10, chapter 14, it says, as Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel looked up in a panic and they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. And they cried out to the Lord and they said to Moses, why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves in Egypt? Didn't we tell you this would happen? Leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. It's better to be a slave in Egypt than it would be to be a corpse in the wilderness. But Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Don't be fearful. Just stand still and watch the Lord by faith rescue you today. The Egyptians that you see, you will never see them again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. Wow. You would have thought that the Israelites had more faith than this. They just saw God inflict 10 plagues upon the Egyptians. And there was now before them a pillar of fire by night and the pillar of cloud by day. Obviously, they needed more because they wouldn't believe. I mean, here was something that was right in front of them that they could just look up at. But instead, they were distracted by the activities that were going on all, right, all around them rather than staying focused on God. Therefore, they had only two choices would it be God, the great God who was right here before them, or would it be the great problem which was fast approaching behind them? You know, we often want to do big things that please God and show him that we have faith. But real faith operates when we obey the simple things that God has already told us to do. You see, Obedience demonstrates the faith that is in our hearts and it honors God. God went beyond just delivering the children of Israel from a deadly enemy on the shores of the Red Sea because when their fears faded, then their faith produced a miracle. But how would obedience produce an action in them that would cause them to operate in faith rather than in fear? Well, this occurred when they followed God's lead and stepped out by faith. Point number three, we must follow God's lead and step out on faith. Well, when you look at their situation, you will see that they only had two choices to choose from. They could ignore God or they could obey God and follow his lead by stepping out in faith. They could complain and just surrender in fear and be overwhelmed, or they could step out on faith and be delivered. Their backs were against the wall, and so they cried out to God. And so God told Moses in chapter 14, verse number 15, he says, what are you waiting for? 
Instruct the people to move forward. Tell the people to get moving. Um, pick up your staff and raise your hand over the sea. Divide the waters so the Israelites can walk through the middle of the sea on dry ground. And I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians, and they will charge in after the Israelites. My great glory will be displayed through Pharaoh and his troops, his chariots and his charioteers. When my glory is displayed through them, all Egypt will see my glory and know that I am the Lord. You see, God had a plan. We need only to keep our eyes focused on him. And when he leads us, then we can step out by faith and experience the miracle working power of God in our lives. Real faith obeys God and real faith experiences God's power because as they went forward, uh, or, or towards the Red Sea, the sea began to open up. And across, and, and, and see, if that had been all that God had just opened up the Red Sea and they went across, then God closed the Red Sea and kept the Red Sea in between Egypt and themselves. Well, then that would have been a great deliverance, but God didn't do that because God wanted to be on it through Pharaoh. God wanted to turn Pharaoh, who was so filled with pride and arrogance and who thought that he was so big and bad that God said, I'm going to show you, boy, you just watch and you'll see who I am. God kept those seas open as the Egyptians chased the Israelites into the sea. And when they got into the middle of the sea, God caused their chariot wheels to get stuck in the mud. It was then that they realized that God was fighting against them, but by then it was too late. God told Moses to stretch out your hand, and the waters came back together, and the Egyptian army all drowned in the sea. Just that fast they were gone. Just that fast, they became fish food. The Bible tells us that he that exalts himself shall be humbled, and he that humbles himself shall be exalted. And God humbled Egypt because of the hardness of their heart. The scripture tells us in verse 31, when the Israelites saw the mighty power that the Lord had unleashed against the Egyptians, they were filled with awe before him. So they put their faith in the Lord and in his servant. Moses. Do you know why this particular Bible story is talked about so often? It's to show us that no matter what is going on in our lives, that no matter how bad the situation may be, that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we would even ask or think according to the power or the faith that works in us. We just need to trust in God because he always has a plan, number one. We also need to keep our eyes on the Lord, number two. And number three, take a step of faith whenever it's based upon the word of God. So keep moving forward. And I promise you that upon the authority of the word of God, that God will make a way for you where there seems to be no way. Why? because may it be done unto you according to your faith. Amen. Amen. Um, if you've been listening to this message this morning, you, and, 
and you desire to make Jesus Christ your Lord and your Savior, then this could be a good time. This could be a great moment because tomorrow is not promised. We may, we may not know what the future holds, but that's why we need to know who it is that holds our future in his hands. And you only need to confess your sins to God, knowing that he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all our unrighteousness. Then you need to pray and ask God to lead you to a Bible-believing and a Bible-teaching church where you can grow in the Lord. And if Friendship Baptist is your consideration, then just give us a call at area code 803-648-9290. And someone will get back to you within 48 hours. Amen. Amen. Let us close in prayer. Father God, we do thank you, O Lord, for this opportunity to share your word and what you've spoken to us, Lord God, to pass on to others. Lord, help us, O oh God, to be the examples you've called us to be, to let our lights so shine that men may see your greatness and glorify you. Lord, help us, O oh God, to follow your word. And in doing so, Lord, bring glory and honor to you. Be with us, Lord God, as we leave this place and bring us back at the appointed time.